back live, Vancouver, from Abbotsford, the Abbotsford Event Center, in fact, moments after the Canucks fall 2-1 to the Seattle Kraken, Game 5 of their National Hockey League preseason. This thing was not a classic, not by a long shot, but there are lots of takeaways in view of the Canucks coaching staff and management. Uh, certainly, the evaluation process continues. They iced a mix, a hybrid lineup of NHLers and American Hockey Leaguers for an appreciative crowd here at the Abbotsford Center, although I'm sure they would like to have seen a little bit more offense as uh, the night went along, particularly from the home team. Guess what? They're not alone. Uh, Rick Tockett wants to see a little more offense from his hockey club, and you're going to hear from the head coach. You're going to hear from Carson Soucy as well, scored the only goal for the Vancouver Canucks in the 2-1 setback. Rink-wide Vancouver, as always, a presentation of Bodog, Canada's choice for casino games, poker tips, and sports odds. And yeah, if there's a theme here in the preseason, aside from the other night when the Canucks loaded up and had Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson and JT Miller and Andre Kuzmenko and most of their first unit power play, and they scored five against the Edmonton Oilers on home ice. Otherwise, goals have been hard to come by for the Vancouver Canucks here in exhibition play, and that was the case yet again here on Wednesday night. One goal, it came from a defenseman. Guess what? Last week in Edmonton, just one goal. And it came from a defenseman as well. It was Quinn Hughes that night. Quinn Hughes not in the lineup, as we said. A little bit of a mix of NHL and AHL. Some hopefuls, guys that are still here in camp and want to put their best foot forward. I'm not sure that there was a best player from the Vancouver Canucks, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't know that anybody really stood out. Uh, maybe Casey DeSmith. Let's give props to the goaltender who held this team in it. Uh, although he wasn't terribly busy, but he was forced to make some saves. But somewhere, Yarrow Halak is nodding approvingly and thinking, I remember playing for the Vancouver Canucks a couple of seasons ago where they just couldn't and wouldn't and didn't score goals for the backup goaltender. And that's been the case for DeSmith here. Two appearances in the preseason in Edmonton last week where they fell 2-1 in overtime and here in Abbotsford where they lose a 2-1 game to the Seattle Kraken. So Casey DeSmith would like to see a little more offense for Tockett as well. And as we said, Tockett, uh, you're going to hear from him a couple of times uh, on this program. And let's get into the locker room for the first time. Rick Tockett with his general thoughts on the way this night unfolded. Second and third, I thought we uh, controlled play. Like the effort. Guys really worked hard. You know, we had some chances. Some, a couple of guys had some empty net goals we got to put in. But uh, I thought for the most part, didn't give them much. I don't know how many shots they had there for a while, but uh, they, they capitalized on the chance they had at the end. And that's pretty much the story of this hockey game. Ely Tolvanen, who buried the Canucks in the third period last week down at Climate Pledge Arena, Tolvanen makes no mistake. Big rebound comes out to him on the left wing boards, and he hammered it. Try to put it through the back of the net. Uh, doesn't have to go through the back of the net. Uh, just has to get into the net. And uh, at 12:29 of the third period, Ely Tolvanen breaking a one-all tie, and that one stood up as the winner. The Canucks got to uh, Smith out. Goaltender pulled for an extra attacker. Generated. Uh, Opportunities, a little bit of uh, scramble in front of uh, Chris Dieringer, who had uh, replaced Joey Decord in the Seattle net. There was a scramble. Jack Stanika had an opportunity, uh, but that's as close as the Canucks got. And then Rick Tockett took a penalty. Didn't like, uh, uh, took a bench penalty uh, late in the game. So the Canucks actually had to kill at the tail end of the hockey game. Uh, Tockett taking exception to a Brandon Tanev down ice hit on Guillaume Brisebois, who went back to fetch a puck on the end boards and. Look, Brandon Tanev plays hard, uh, preseason, regular season, playoffs, whatever. Uh, that's what got him to the NHL. That's what's going to keep him in the NHL. Uh, Tockett thought that Tanev left his feet and uh, objected a little too vociferously. And again, I guess uh, eventually the ref said, you know, we want to get out of here. Uh, enough's enough. They ended the conversation and the Canucks were shorthanded to uh, finish the game for the final 26 seconds. So uh, what might have been, perhaps they could have generated one last look, but uh, it wasn't to be. 
uh, on a night when the final shots were 33-15 in the Canucks' favor, and yet after 20 minutes of play, the shots were 4-2 for the Canucks. Seattle had just two first-period shots, so not a whole lot going on there, but uh, they did open the scoring in the hockey game late in the first period, so uh, shooting percentage pretty good in the first if you're the Kraken. Uh, they scored on one of their two shots on goal. Carson Soucy with the lone Canuck goal tied the game midway through period number two. Some good work by Philip Ronick. Uh, retrieved the puck along the boards, uh, slides it across to the left side. Soucy uh, moves in. He's got Lennis Carlson uh, in the high slot. Archie Baines uh, forming layers, and it's tough to get pucks through in the National Hockey League, and uh, you want to take the eyes of the goaltender away, and the Canucks did a pretty good job of that. Uh, so Carson Soucy gets credit for the Canucks goal. There was some talk uh, along press row. Did Linus Carlson get a stick on it? But ultimately it goes into the books as uh, uh, Carson Soucy's goal. His first as a Canuck, first as the, in the preseason against uh, the team that he played for the last couple of seasons. So when you look at this game in totality, uh, Canucks only had one power play. And at that, it was an abbreviated one, but really didn't do an awful lot to uh, to draw the attention of the referees. I guess over 60 minutes, you know, could there be more calls? I'm sure the Canucks think that there probably could have been, but uh, we didn't get a look at uh, much power play opportunity. Did get a fair bit of penalty killing opportunities for the Vancouver Canucks. And again, it's preseason, so you don't want to be taking a ton of penalties, but from the evaluation process, Rick Tockett uh, gets a chance to look at some guys and, you know, the ones that were in uniform tonight, the ones that you would expect would be doing the penalty killing. Dakota Joshua, Neil Zaman, uh, they were the first forward pair out along with Carson Soucy and, and Philip Ronick. And then later in the penalty kill, you saw the likes of Pia Suter, uh, Jack Stadnika got an opportunity. I thought it was cool in the third period, Arshti Baines and Atu Ratu getting penalty killing duty in a one-all tie. And why not? Exhibition action, you know, throw these guys uh, into a situation. You know, Seattle dressed a, a mix of NHL and AHL guys as well. So you're not going up against the top power play in the National Hockey League. And in fact, Archie Baines drew the Canucks' only power play on the night uh, when the Canucks were shorthanded in up ice, some good pressure, uh, hounding the puck, and eventually was able to draw a penalty on Riker Evans. And so, you know, if we've gone this deep into the preseason and you want guys to get noticed, a play here and a play there, and that was one of the reasons Vasily Podkolzin uh, was sent to Abbotsford earlier this week. Uh, so was Archie Baines. Then he got the recall along with a few others, got plugged in. Rick Tockett said that that was the plan all along, that uh, you know these are the kinds of guys that they're looking to call up. And so I think Archie Baines, any opportunity you get to wear a Vancouver Canucks sweater, you know you have to make the most of it. Uh, again, it was, you know, was he a standout? I wouldn't go that far. As I said a little earlier, I don't know that there were any standouts for the Vancouver Canucks in a 2-1 loss, but Archie Baines got noticed on the penalty kill, and the very fact that he was on the penalty kill, uh, I think he has to take as a positive. Uh, as for Rick Tockett, again, trying to find some silver linings in a low-score game, another loss. Canucks have just one victory in the preseason, so they're now 1-3-1 and one through their five games. Uh, Rick Tockett talking a little bit about uh, what he's seen and what he's liked from the penalty kill so far. Penalty kill was good. I think I, I, the penalty kill last three, four games has been really good. That's one good thing. Um, you know, but we, we, you know, it's... We're on the wrong side of the penalties all the time, so we got to clean that up. Yeah, and I would agree with the coach that, uh, okay, it's great. This is all evaluation. You want to see guys in penalty-killing roles, but you don't want to be penalty-killing more than your opponents. And it does feel like the Canucks are taking a few too many penalties. Cole McWard had three the other night. Guillaume Brisebois had a pair uh, in this hockey game. 
Max Sasson took a third period penalty, a holding call uh, where the Kraken hit the crossbar on the power play, didn't score, but came that close. Cole Lind had a wide open net at the side on a delayed power play, didn't score. So there were some close calls and some good looks for the Kraken, uh, but ultimately it was Ely Tolvanen, as we said, putting the hammer down and winning it for the Seattle Kraken. 2-1 is the final score. This is Rinkwide Vancouver from the Abbotsford Event Center. A Rinkwide presentation of our good friends at the Applewood Auto Group. And if you were at this game and you're listening uh, late on Wednesday night or perhaps on Thursday and you drove back into Metro Van, if you're, you know, Vancouver proper, North Vancouver, whatever, and you spent time on the highway and you're thinking, you know what, I need a better ride. I need a newer ride for the next time I go out to Abbotsford. That's where the Applewood Auto Group comes into the equation here, the official partner, auto partner of Rinkwide Vancouver. Applewood stands behind its mission of creating lasting change in our community. Get the best in-class experience only. The Applewood Auto Group can deliver. It's all good at Applewood. I don't know if it was all good for the Vancouver Canucks. Maybe the best thing is there's just one preseason game to go. That comes your way on Friday night at home at Rogers Arena against the Calgary Flames. And then one week till the curtain goes up, October the 11th, the Vancouver Canucks at home against the Edmonton Oilers. And then they'll be in Edmonton for game number two. So home and home with Carter McDavid, who went off on Wednesday night in a home game against the Calgary Flames. A four-point night for McDavid. Maybe the Canucks hoping he gets it out of his system here in the preseason. But something tells me that Connor David is just warming up to take the NHL by storm yet again, as he has for the last couple of seasons. We're breaking down a Kraken 2-1 victory over the Vancouver Canucks. This is Rinkwide Vancouver. The BC Lions are back in the playoffs and hosting the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday, November 4th at BC Place, kickoff at 3.30 p.m. Looking forward to this one, playoff football, BC Place, the Lions and that offense with Vernon Adams at the controls and all of those weapons he has in his receiving core. And you just think about the atmosphere in that building with the fans behind them, the Dome will be rocking, should be a ton of fun. Tickets on sale now at bclions.com and check this out. They start at just 30 bucks. And kids 17 and under can get in for 15. So bring the noise, fill the dome. Applewood Auto Group is celebrating 25 years of business, making the car business and our communities better. Applewood offers the best in-class experience, whether you're looking for a car, service, or to join our team. Come find out why it's all good at Applewood. Visit us online at applewood.ca today. We're back at the Abbotsford Event Center. The Canucks fall 2-1 to the Kraken, breaking it all down here. Uh, the lone Canuck goal, Carson Susi from Philip Aronik. Max Sasson got the other assist, 9:42 of period number two. Uh, as we said, the shots were 33-15. They broke down. The Canucks had four in the first period, 12 in the second, and then seven in the third. They got outshot 9-7 in the third period, although... Uh, keep in mind, the Kraken had three separate power play opportunities in the final frame, and certainly that uh, allowed them to control the puck. It's funny, when I mentioned that first period where the shots were 4-2 for the Canucks in Seattle, uh, didn't have a shot on goal until the 15-minute mark. And yet, it it felt like the Canucks didn't have the puck an awful lot. And, and you heard Rick talking earlier, talking about that you know second and third periods he thought were better. I didn't think the Canucks were particularly strong in period number one. So who knows why? Uh, again, we're down to uh, last chance opportunities for some of these guys to put their best foot forward. You would have thought you'd see some desperation on both sides, and yet the shots were 4 nothing for the Canucks, 15 minutes into the hockey game, and then 4-2, the final shot tally 
uh, at the end of 20 minutes. Let's get back to the locker room because uh, Rick Tockett, I thought, had some... He's fascinating to talk to and listen to. I think he's got some real keen insight on the game itself and, and on a game night, obviously, what he watched from behind the Vancouver Canucks bench. Uh, he's mentioned this before, but this is interesting now, this late into the preseason. They've gone through, you know, get back to Vancouver early and skate together as a group. And then the, you know, four days in Victoria is full of training camp. And now five games of the preseason. And here's the head coach lamenting the fact that he still thinks that his team is too quiet, that he's not hearing enough chatter from his guys on the ice and on the bench. And we were talking, you know, it's the big thing when you know what's going on, you're, you're yelling time reverse right up and sometimes we're a quiet team we you gotta you gotta verbal that stuff and that helps people so i think maybe a couple times he, he didn't hear anybody but uh yeah yeah we'll work on that stuff so a few more days here before uh, they start playing for keeps and this is going to be an ongoing process i'm sure for talkett and his coaching staff to lean on his guys and again did he have his leadership group in place no no quinn hughes no Elias Pettersson, no jt miller and in fact uh, they created their own leadership group for this night uh, Tyler Myers, Brock Besser, Carson Soucy were the guys that wore the letters. No surprise, Myers, uh, 918 games of NHL experience. He was the elder statesman uh, for the Vancouver Canucks in terms of NHL service uh, and dropped the gloves early. And it, that kind of felt like a veteran move that just trying to settle the game down, I suppose. John Hyman uh, with a big hit and Carson or Tyler Myers. Uh, said enough was enough there, didn't uh, want that to be the way that this game was going to go, and so uh, standing up for his teammates, showing some leadership, and you know, props to a veteran guy in the preseason, uh, and Tyler Myers isn't a player that drops gloves often, I mean, he has on occasion throughout his career, but uh, probably didn't come into the night thinking that he was going to get into a scrap, but uh, hey, sometimes you got to stick up for your teammates and show that uh, you know, you've got guys back, and so I, I think you have to give credit to, to Tyler Myers in that situation. Uh, let's hear from Carson Soucy because we haven't heard we've talked about him uh, enough. I didn't think it was a great night for him. He was paired with Philip Hronick. I thought uh, there were some struggles in the first period, in fact. And really, when you go back to training camp, the scrimmage game that he played with Quinn Hughes, uh, there were some issues there. The Canucks are still trying to figure out exactly what they've got in this guy. And I do wonder if they're starting to internally question, you know, he was a terrific third-pairing guy for the Seattle Kraken. Is that what he is at the NHL level, or is there more to give? And so uh, much of this week he spent at practice and in the game with Philip Hronick, but we saw that Ian Cole started camp with Hronick. They can certainly go back to Cole and Hronick as a pairing. Uh, that probably leaves Susie with Tyler Myers on the third pairing. you got size there, of course, um, but you know, limited puck skills and questions about decision-making. And then, of course, there's uh, the massive question about who's going to be on the right side with Quinn Hughes when the season opens next week. Um, so they've got the one more game and a few more practices to get down to brass tacks and, and get all of that sorted out and settled. But uh, where Carson Soucy plays on opening night, uh, that has still to be determined. Uh, like his coach, though, Carson Soucy, Carson Soucy, rather, I've called him Carson Soucy a couple of times, which makes sense. It's, you know, in Seattle, last couple of years, now Vancouver. Uh, I'm probably not the only one that's called him Carson Sushi, but uh, Carson Sushi thought that uh, it was a bit of a sluggish start for the Canucks, but uh, they did get better as the night went along. Just as the game went on, we're kind of getting used to used to playing with each other. We started moving our feet pretty well, uh, you know, halfway through the first, and then I think the rest of the game uh, we were moving our feet well. That gives us confidence. We started making good plays, using the middle of the ice well. Um, 
had a couple good looks. Yeah, and uh, on one of those looks, uh, Susie was able to find the back of the net. We talked about layers and screens and all those types of things. Uh, that's what the Canucks are going to have to do uh, to generate a little more offense because there are going to be nights. There will be nights throughout the season where Elias Patterson is either held in check or he just doesn't have it. JT Miller's not uh, going. Uh, the Canucks think they're a better, deeper team up front and on defense, but we really haven't seen that depth pay off yet. Not sounding any alarm bells, it's game five of the preseason, but look who scored the goals for the Vancouver Canucks. In exhibition action, Quinn Hughes has three. Carson Soucy, another defenseman, scores. The other night it was Patterson, it was Kuzmenko on the power play, PDG and Connor Garland. Uh, and again, when you can rattle off all the goal scores off the top of your head, that means that there aren't that many. And you know, you're not hearing the likes of Nils Alman or Jack Stanika or Dakota Joshua or Teddy Bluger, who had a strong night in Edmonton last week when he played. He didn't play in this one. Uh, but, you know, I, and this is, a, I wrote a piece of the Hockey News this week as well, uh, asking Rick Tockett, you know, what's he looking for from depth players in today's NHL? And, and is it enough to, I mean, we know Tockett harps on board battles and wall work and, and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, if the Canucks are an improved team, especially with their depth, then you want to see that pay off. And you're not looking for these guys to light up the scoreboard each and every night, but you can't just wear a uniform in the NHL. Like at the end of the night, you have to be able to look back and, and see what guys did. And you know, Nils Hoaglander, this whole preseason has been an audition. This guy gets the opportunity to start camp with Elias Pettersson and Andre Kuzmenko and really didn't do an awful lot with it. And this was another fairly quiet night, I thought, for Hoaglander uh, with Atu Ratu and Brock Besser. Uh, they had one shift in the third period where they moved the puck around early in the third, uh, generated a scoring chance for Ratu. But uh, otherwise, you know, you, there has to be some sort of tangible takeaway at the end of the night for a player like Niels Hoaglander, for Dakota Joshua. Like, yeah, some of these guys are going to do penalty killing and that'll be their contribution. But again, if the Canucks are going to win, uh, you know, tight games, close games, a goal here or a goal there from some of their depth players, I think that there has to be some expectations of a bottom line from guys that are playing lower in the lineup, and we just haven't seen any payoff yet here uh, through five preseason games. So there is another one coming up on Friday against the Calgary Flames. We'll see what kind of lineup the Canucks ice. I would assume it'll be closer to their opening night lineup, and uh, you'd like to think that, uh, again, you see a little more urgency, especially offensively, from some of these Vancouver players. For Carson Soucy, uh, he didn't play the game at Climate Pledge last week, so this was his first look at his former team, and even though it was a neutral site and an American Hockey League site, still, I mean, those are the Kraken on the other side, lots of former teammates over there, and he admitted that, uh, yeah, a little strange feeling, but uh, that wore off, and as the night went along, uh, it just became another game that uh, he was trying to win. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, like you said, off the start, and I'm obviously good friends with a lot of those guys, um, but once the game gets going, the competition kind of just takes over, um, and then you're just in a battle. Like I said, they're a, they're a hard four-checking team, so um, you kind of got to just be ready. Yeah, and I'm not sure that uh, the Canucks weren't ready for the Kraken. They know that the Kraken are built on speed and hustle and the four-check and all that kind of stuff, and you saw a lot of that even with the, some of their minor league guys that want to crack the big league roster. You know, they know what it means to play Kraken hockey, even if Kraken hockey hasn't been a thing uh, for a particularly long time. Canuck hockey, 
still trying to figure out the identity of this group, and speed generally isn't it. I think there's uh, plenty of room for improvement, uh, and that's where you know a player like Niels Hoaglander is quick. Is he you know straight line burner? Uh, no, Jack Stadnika again, a guy I think that can keep up with the pace, but they've got to make that translate into something that means uh, a little more to the outcome of the hockey game at the end of the night. A guy like Brock Besser played in this game, didn't really notice him an awful lot. Probably part of him wondering, you know, why was he playing when so many of the other uh, veteran guys, particularly the forwards, weren't in uniform. We know why Elias Pedersen wasn't uh, mispracticed the last couple of days, but he skated out at UBC on Wednesday morning. You know, when I go through the lineup, uh, Besser on line with Ratu and Hoaglander, so uh, uh, not likely to play with those guys as uh, the season goes on unless uh, there are significant injuries. I mean, I guess he could be on the line with Hoaglander at some point, but Ratu obviously would need uh, the call back up. Uh, I didn't think it was a particularly strong night for guys like Dakota Joshua and Jack Stanika. Nils Amon moving back to the middle for this game. He's been primarily a winger. And I think, uh, you know, the Canucks look pretty much set down the middle uh, when you think of their four setters. So if Nils Amon is going to be in the lineup, a uh, pretty good chance that uh, it's going to be on the wing. And then if there's an injury to one of the depth centers, I suppose he's got the versatility that he can slide to the middle. Um, you know, I... I I've said this before, and I think I said it on the last ring quite, in fact, you know, should Canuck fans be preparing for low event hockey under Rick Tockett? We know that it uh, was too high event under Bruce Boudreaux, and as a result, Bruce uh, doesn't coach here anymore. But I do wonder if the Vancouver Canucks, if this is, you know, Rick Tockett doesn't like the outcome at 2-1, to one, but he had to like the shot clock at 33-15 in his team's favor, uh, but they do have to find a way to score a few more goals. But, uh, you know, here we are, five games into the preseason. Obviously, lost ten nothing on opening night. You kind of put that one aside. It was primarily AHLers, and not a lot to take out of it. Since then, the Canucks have dressed better lineups, but you know they really haven't done an awful lot in the way of scoring goals. Just eight goals through five preseason games, and they got shut out in that first one. So uh, you do the math there: eight goals in their last four games in exhibition play. Two a night, not likely to get it done in a three-two league. Um, there's a few other things I want to get to here uh, about uh, the atmosphere and the attendance at Abbotsford. Uh, we'll touch on that as we go. And again, uh, you know, a little bit more evaluation. A couple of players that I haven't talked about uh, will do that. You are listening to Rinkwide Vancouver. The BC Lions are back in the playoffs and hosting the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday, November 4th at BC Place, kickoff at 3.30 p.m. Looking forward to this one, playoff football, BC Place, the Lions and that offense with Vernon Adams at the controls and all of those weapons he has in his receiving core. And you just think about the atmosphere in that building with the fans behind them, the dome will be rocking, should be a ton of fun. Tickets on sale now at bclions.com and check this out. They start at just 30 bucks. And kids 17 and under can get in for 15. So bring the noise, fill the dome. Frank White Vancouver from the Abbotsford Center, where the Seattle Kraken down the Canucks 2 1. The building is now empty. Uh, we'll be making our way out of here pretty shortly as well. Rick White is brought to you by AG1. For a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase, go to drinkag1.com slash rink-wide Vancouver. Uh, Canucks could have used a little boost of energy, particularly offensively. wasn't happening for them. So, uh, uh, again, on to Friday night and the preseason finale. Uh, we should mention as well, Bodog. We talk about Bodog here on the program. Uh, 
Bodong's got all sorts of lines for the NHL season coming up. Uh, it starts next week. The Canucks and the Oilers on Wednesday, but the season actually gets going on October the 10th. And with the Kraken in town here in Abbotsford, uh, interesting Bodog line. How many points will the Seattle Kraken finish with this season? They were a 100-point team last year, 100 on the dot, of course, first wildcard spot, and then the upset of the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. Bodog's got them pegged for 93.5 points this year, so a drop. But still, when you look at the Kraken in relation to the Canucks, if the Canucks are going to be a playoff team, they're going to have to leapfrog some of those teams that finished ahead of them in the Pacific Division. Can they get past the Seattle team? Do you think Seattle's going to take a step back? Uh, or does Dave Haxtell have them, you know, that mindset now of they know what they have to do to be successful? Uh, they were successful last year. They proved it in the playoffs as well, pushed Dallas to seven games too. So it wasn't just getting past Colorado. Uh, they very nearly knocked off the Dallas Stars too. Uh, but just interesting to see what sort of outsiders think of a team like the Seattle Kraken. Bodogs got them pegged at 93.5 points. Are you taking the over? Are you taking the under there with the Vancouver Canucks? You do wonder uh, if the under is going to be the play on a lot of nights. Are they going to be a low event team? Uh, let's hope not. I mean, they've got some star power that wasn't in uniform in this one. Um, but uh, there are guys that can put up points, certainly. Um, we mentioned the atmosphere here in Abbotsford. Uh, you know, goal line to goal line, the place was packed. But there were pockets of empty seats, without a doubt, um, in the end zones. And it was hard to miss sitting here. So it wasn't a sellout. Uh, this game in a non-NHL building, no official stats either. So we don't have an attendance, don't have ice times and those types of things. So hard to, you know, get down, drill down on the numbers. But uh, yeah, and you just wonder, like, look, the Canucks have brought preseason hockey out here at Abbotsford before, but the Abbotsford Canucks are here now. And if Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson and JT Miller have been playing, maybe it's a different story. You have to think that there wouldn't have been a huge walk up on uh, the day when, you know, the lineup was announced and some of the guys that are going to be playing here in two weeks' time, we're in uniform tonight, and people can see them at AHL prices. So, uh, for the Vancouver Canucks, uh, it's a great synergy with the farm team here in Abbotsford, but uh, yeah, a little surprised that uh, it wasn't a full full house as it has been in some of the years gone by for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, all right, uh, as we kind of wrap things up here and, and look uh, ahead, I guess, Rick Tockett was asked after this game, with one preseason game to go. You know, what does he want to see? What does he need to see from his group as it puts the finishing touches on this NHL preseason on Friday night? Well, just bearing down. Like, you know, we, we got to get some offense from some guys. You know, um, you know, there's some chances around the net. You know, body get, get body position and put it in. I think sometimes we're taking things for granted. Oh, I got it. But, you know, you got to bear down. And even on those empty, there's a couple of times there's empty nets. You got to hit the net. We've had a tough time this camp hitting the net. Um, so um, that's something we'll work on. I thought we were better in the paint, though. Like, we we talked about it. Mike Yo put a little uh, video together about getting people in the net. I thought we were a lot better at the net, going to the net tonight. So that, that's a that's a positive for us. Yeah, grasping for straws a little bit, or at least scratching for silver linings there. Guys going to the net uh, didn't amount to an awful lot of offense, hasn't through the preseason. So we'll see what Friday brings. I would expect Calgary will ice a, a decent lineup, probably Jacob Markstrom in goal and uh, Chris Tanev on defense, some familiar faces. And I would expect the guys that did not play in this one will get back into action on Friday night. So you can look for Elias Pettersson, you can look for Quinn Hughes, look for JT Miller, and we'll see if the Canucks can wrap up the preseason with a second victory or 
If they limp into the regular season with just one win in exhibition play, they are 1-3-1 and through their first five after the 2-1 loss to the Seattle Kraken. A reminder, the Bodog is uh, our presenting sponsor, and we tell you about them all the time. Canada's choice for casino games, poker tips, and sports odds. My thanks to Trevor Martin behind the scenes, putting the podcast together. That's going to do it from the Abbotsford Center. Jeff Patterson with you. The final score one last time. Seattle 2, the Vancouver Canucks 1. This is Rinkwide Media.